Coming home from work one evening, I noticed my wife on all fours in the hedges that lined our front porch. When I walked up to her, I realized she was kneeling beside the crack in the crawl space under the porch. She was cooing at the fence and holding a can of tuna in one hand. There's a cat under her house, she told me. I heard it this morning and this afternoon. It keeps meowing. I didn't hear anything. I told her as much. I heard him earlier, she insisted. Before you came in from work, he was meowing. I bent down and shined my phone's flashlight into the narrow space. All I saw was a lot of dirt and cobwebs, but I couldn't quite get a good angle. I had to peek through the diamonds of the fencing to glimpse anything. It surprised me how well our shrubs limited the sunlight in such an open space. It was practically pitch black unless I shined a light. Though I couldn't see the cat, I didn't deny it was possible one crawled under our house. The lattice fencing that bordered our crawl space that had been cracked forever. My nephew came over and drove one of those battery-powered cars into it a few summers ago, and I'd never gotten around to fixing it. The bushes did a good job of covering the damage. My concern was that the thing under the porch might not be a cat at all, but a raccoon or some other pest. My wife stayed out for a bit longer, but the cat never came. She left the can of tuna just inside the crawl space in case the cat would come later. After work the next day, I pushed the fence forward to check on the tuna can. I found it empty right where my wife had left it. I still didn't hear anything, but I tried to take another look. I can't say if my crawl space was unusual. Spiders multiplied in abundance down there, and I think I could glimpse the dirty remnants of a rusty hammer that must have been forgotten by the foundation a few years back. I've never been in my own crawl space, never checked it before this, but I heard my wife pull into the driveway, climb up our first three steps of the porch, stop and climb back down. I thought she maybe went to check the can and would come right back up, but 15 minutes passed and she still didn't come inside. When I went out to check on her, she was there between the bushes, trying to lure the cat out with kissing noises and little coos. When she saw me, she smiled. Where do we keep the tools, honey? She asked me. I vaguely recalled them coated in dust under the sink. I was never really handy or interested in learning how to be, to my father's chagrin. But I had an idea of what my wife was going to propose, and I didn't like it. Instead of telling her, I asked, Why? What if she's trapped down there? She asked. We could just cut through this little piece of fencing and then she could come back out. The dollar signs for the damages came to my head first. Right now it was only a crack in the fence. Something that could be clamped closed and fixed with some glue. If I ever got around to the hardware store. Carving a hole in the fence was a different, more expensive matter altogether. No, I said. If she got in, she can get out. But no, look. She said as she pressed her hand against the crack. The wood groaned as it gave in, bending under the house. When my wife tried to pull it forward, the breakage along the wood locked in place. It only goes one way. Then prop it with a stick. We're not cutting a hole in the fence. My wife left another can of tuna out that day and slipped a blanket through the crack. The next day, she came in with a box of proper cat food 
and a feeding dish. It became routine for her to leave out a full can in the evening and pick it up in the morning. I saw her, she said a few days later, but she's so skittish she went to hide in the blind spot behind the stairs. We should cut just a small square for her, just in the corner. I still didn't want to go to that extreme measure. We'd propped open the gap with some garden tools, and the wood was bent to hang open at a slight angle because of it, but my wife said that wasn't enough space. Having still never seen or heard this cat, I wasn't too invested. I half suspected we had a raccoon living under us. We had a small fight over it, but I won in the end. The fencing would remain intact, but I felt bad about it the next day. I came home from work early and decided to fill the cat food for her and set it under the porch, where she'd set it as a kind of peace offering. I laid the dish down at the entrance where my wife always set it, and pressed my ear to the side of the fence, listening for movement. I heard nothing at first, but then I noticed a noise, the way you might notice the sound of an air conditioner once it stops. I'd heard something breathing. Not panting like a dog, but the steady inhale and exhale of something large stop. Then there was a swipe of gray and the rapid shuffle of scurrying under the house. It grabbed the dish and ran back into the dark. When I turned to look inside, there was a shadow of something large, hunched over with a rounded back and eyes that reflected in the dim light. I didn't scream. I didn't move at first, struck by the shock of seeing a person under my porch. I stared at him, and he stared back. My hands shook as I felt along my pockets for my phone before remembering I'd left it on the counter inside. Screw that, I thought. I bolted to my neighbor's house and asked to use her phone to call 911. A police car arrived at my neighbor's within a few minutes, and I told the officer what I saw. When he went to check, he looked doubtful once I pointed out the narrow crack. When he flashed his light between the fencing, he was hampered by the bushes and the angle. From what he saw... The space looked empty. I told him my wife thought a cat had slipped in through the fencing. She'd heard this guy for weeks. The cop inspected the space and frowned. The separated plywood didn't create enough space for a person like me to fit through, much less a full-grown man, like what I reported. Do you have any other access points? He asked. I don't think so. Most crawl spaces have doors or maybe a window to the inside from the back. What about the basement? What about it? Well, most crawl spaces connect to the basement. I can see the concrete from here. It was about then that I realized I hadn't been in the basement for years. This was our first house, and the last time I'd even glimpsed at the basement was when we first moved in. We didn't have enough stuff to need the storage, and we'd never gotten around to doing anything with the space. The cop did a scan, asking me to wait outside. About ten minutes later, he came back out and said there was no one there, and no signs of squatting. He told me I could go back inside, and have a good evening. That was it. He'd given me the rubber stamp of approval and drove away, leaving me to face my house. He missed something, I was sure. Something under my house. How well did he really search in ten minutes? I can't find my phone in 10 minutes. 
There could be a part of the basement he missed. Or maybe the thing went to hide somewhere else in the house. Or there were parts of the house I didn't know about. Another access point he missed. I stared at my home, taking it in like a stranger, noting the angle of the roof and counting the windows. So many windows. The one by the kitchen is jammed open. There's a hanging garden support that leads right up to the second story. The roof isn't steep. Anyone could walk on it comfortably. All it took was a scare, and the sturdy walls I used to take comfort in became a trap. Then I heard the meowing. It came from the crawl space. My chest tightened and I almost turned and ran back to my neighbor. Instead, I brought my phone and started recording a video. I gingerly crouched down by the shrubs, and the meowing kept on. Clearer this time, like the cat was only a few feet away. I shined the light inside, and like every other time, there was nothing. I angled the camera, angled the light to the corner where I last saw it. The damn cat meowed again from that blind spot just behind the stairs. Then, this funny idea came into my head. I had a camera. It could see for me. Why not stick my arm in a little further? Get the footage for the cop to actually do something. My hand was too big for the diamonds between the lattice fencing, so I'd have to use the gap, push it open and stick my hand through. I was on my stomach, about to press my whole shoulder against the gap to get a little more distance when I sobered up to exactly how stupid I was being. I can't say if it was the stress or even if it was my idea. I just know that I would never have done that, knowing something big was in there. I gave up. Screw that cat. Lacking any idea of what to do next, I called my mother. She lived two towns over, but anything was better than sleeping in the house. I sat in the lawn and waited for my wife to come home. When she did, the damn thing started meowing again. I was on my feet the moment she pulled into the driveway. I tried to tell her not to park and that we were just going, but she climbed out. Confused by my rush word vomit of the situation, she looked over my shoulder and shrieked, Honey, the cat! She... She didn't finish. She dropped her bag and ran for the crawl space. I realized as she pushed past me, it was a cry of delight. My heart dropped and I ran to her, grabbing her arm and basically wrestling her away from the hedges. I tried to explain as I pulled, but for some reason, she didn't read my tone of voice, didn't hear the desperation, didn't hear me screaming that it wasn't a cat under the house. All she recognized was that I was pulling her by force. I wasn't hurting her, and that gave her more reason to fight against me. I could even feel her gaining when she tried to pull away, and she'd win this struggle on sheer will. I let go, holding my arms up and waiting for things to quiet down, and here's where I know something was wrong with her. If the woman in front of me had been completely my wife, she would have chewed me through about how I grabbed her, cat long forgotten. Instead, she turned away and said, I'm just going to go see. She said it so pleasantly, as if she hadn't been screaming at the top of her lungs for me to let her go a second before. I tried to pull her again, but she slipped out of my grip. 
she practically ran into the fence. When she leaned against it, it was like she slipped through, like the tough wooden siding was rubber. I don't know how, but she made it through before I could touch her. I slammed into the fencing, hearing the wood groan, but refused to splinter or give in. I reached in, trying to grab her leg. My fingers brushed the back of her shoe, against the ridges of her flat. She didn't kick me off, but she crawled away. I could hear her shuffling, hear her singing in the shadows that made the afternoon seem pure black. And I heard the cat. I thought of that man, hunched over in the corner, with glinting eyes, reaching its arms around my wife. I needed to stop it. I leaned back and kicked the fencing, trying to make it give just another inch. Just a sliver for me to slip through. Something cracked. The fencing pushed back further on my next kick, and I had an opening. I scurried in there with no plan, no idea what I'd do. The moment I passed through the fencing, the dark nearly blinded me, and a terrible chill from the cold dirt and the shadowy space ran through me. I pawed around blindly, calling her name, shaking so hard I couldn't even speak without stuttering. My eyes adjusted soon, allowing me to distinguish textures and shapes with what little light I had. I scanned for any sign of her, feeling like every breath, every failed second was another where I'd lost her forever. Then I heard my wife gasp. She giggled and there was a victorious little thrill in her voice. There you are. Her voice came from my left. I called her name and started crawling toward the blur, large enough to be a person. I reached forward and I found it again, the rubber sole of her shoe. Just as I did, I looked up a bit and in the dim light, there was the glint of big yellow eyes. There was a crunch, like a branch snapping in half. My wife made a scream I'd never heard before, not a foot in front of me. This was not the sort of scream that I'd heard when she found a spider in the bathroom, and not one I'd heard when I'd proposed. It was animalistic and raw, and told me that I'd failed. The rubber sole of her shoe was yanked away, like her foot was tugged out of my hand. I fell into the dirt, and when I crawled forward, my hand slipped on the hot mud. I scrambled, trying to find her again, hand in front of me, pawing in the darkness, until I hit the fencing on the other side. Then the silence hit me, and I had a terrible thought that I might be alone. Shakily, I reached for my phone and turned on my flashlight. All around me was the crawl space I'd peered into before. Just a low ceiling beam covered in cobwebs, packed with dirt. Nothing to see except for the mud, gray and almost textureless in the far light. But as I came closer, the color sinking into the dirt was red and thick. Blood on the ground. Blood on my hands. I called my neighbor, I called the cops, I called my parents. I called everyone and all from down in that crawl space. They had to drag me out and stop me from digging. I was brought to the police station to make a missing persons report at the end of the day. I was sent to a psychiatrist to discuss my delusions. Then I was brought to my mother's to spend a few weeks there. I wasn't arrested though. 
I was brought in for questioning a few times regarding my wife's disappearance. Then, after all that commotion, there was silence. Cops stopped coming around. My wife's missing poster weathered away. And I was expected to go back to that place like nothing happened. The thought of living there, knowing what lives underneath, fills every inch of me with dread. It is there, and took her just like that. I don't know what it is, and I stopped trying to explain it a long time ago. There was nothing left for discussion. I wanted to burn the place down, but I couldn't afford that, so I needed to sell it. Since I felt unsafe, my father offered to come with me to help clear the place out and meet with the real estate agent. I didn't even want to go, but I knew I couldn't let anyone in there who didn't know what I knew. So the day came and went, and I didn't put the house up for sale, nor do I intend to. You see, the thing is when we first started climbing up the steps, I could hear my wife crying. I can still hear her on occasion, humming, talking, going about her day. Sometimes if I sit on the porch and close my eyes, I can almost make out what she's saying. And it's like she's right next to me, just a little muffled. She's clearer when I'm crouched by the fencing. 